Today on the Sick Podcast, Kerry Price speaks with members of the media, all of them in a Zoom setting for the first time in seven months. Were his answers sufficient? Are we happy with what we heard? We'll also talk about Jeff Petrie, who clearly is unhappy here, and the transparency of Montreal Canadiens general manager Kent Hughes, who says he told Petrie, I know you're unhappy, I know your family's unhappy, I will try to move you, but the deal has to make sense for us. All of that coming up on the Sick Podcast. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. With Tony Maradero. The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. Sports entertainment like no other. Brought to you by 8.6. Intense by nature. And joining me, my guest today from the Montreal Gazette, and what the puck, Brendan Kelly, what's going on? Oh, not much. Uh, not much, Tony. Life is good, as always, you know, living the life. All right. Uh, I know that you were paying special attention on Sunday night at 6.15 p.m. when Montreal Canadiens goaltender Kerry Price spoke with all members of the media because lost in the shuffle, was uh, an interview that he had with uh, Dave Stubbs of NHL.com back in mid-September. But as far as all members of the media were concerned, this was the first time the entire fan base had a chance to hear from Price in about seven months. I know you were listening because I saw you writing about it on your social media, on your Twitter there. What did you think? Well, you know, I had been asking why was it that we hadn't heard from Carey Price uh, for, for seven months since the last game, that last night that they lost in the Stanley Cup final to the Tampa Bay Lightning. I thought it was outrageous. I thought it was really highly problematic. He's the face of the franchise. He is the most important player on the Montreal Canadiens. Checked himself into the uh, substance abuse program of the NHL and the NHLPA. There was an injury, hadn't played a game all season. I felt he owed it to the fans uh, to speak to them. Still don't understand why it took so long. But, yeah, so I was happy he got out there. A couple of things I'd say right off the bat. What's what's up with 6.15 on a Sunday night in the middle of one of the biggest nights of the year for the NFL? Seemed like a very strange time to do it. Like they were kind of trying to bury the story in a way. Uh, why wouldn't you do that on a Tuesday or a Wednesday in the middle of the day? So that was well, strange. because you just you just answered it. It was it was strategic timing. It was so they wanted to to minimize the impact of the Carey Price thing. The other thing is we all love Chantal McAbee. Great to see she's in charge of communications. Come on, man! The Facebook feed for that press conference, the biggest press conference in a year for the Montreal Canadiens, or whatever one of the biggest ones of the year because Kent Hughes was big too. No audio. I mean, come on. That was pretty bad. So to move on to the main thing, what did Carrie Price say? Well, I mean, that, that's not her fault, obviously. It was a technical issue. I mean, they didn't they didn't put it up on Facebook intentionally without volume. Box stops here, Tony. The boss is always the one who's to blame. Mozzie Tumo. Yeah. Uh, all right. Okay. Look, it, it was you know it was hold on a second. Why don't we say this? Why don't we credit Chantal? for Carrie Price speaking, because I'm going to tell you right now, I agree with you. I thought it was unacceptable that the fan base, it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about the fans. They've been with Carrie Price for the last 15 years through the highs and through the lows. Um, and, and they, in, in the end are responsible for paying his salary. 
and they deserve to hear from him, and they hadn't in a very, very long time. And I'm convinced that behind all of this, there had to be some Chantal Maccabee in it who said, Carrie, this team is so important to the fans. You are the franchise player here. They need to hear from you. Now, I understand you're probably not up to doing it, and I understand you're a few words. Why are you not up to doing it? What is this garbage? I mean, come on, get out well, there. You know he doesn't like to talk to the media. You know that. Rough. Give your money back then. Give your salary back if you don't like it. Seriously, talk to the fans. And But I'm 100% with you, Tony. I like Chantal, and I think that, uh, look, she was on to Le Monopal, and Guy Alapage, the host, said, we can never get players on the, this uh, show because they don't want to do it. And Chantal said, I want to change that. I want to get the players out there. We've got some great stories. We've got some great people. And I know Carey Price hates journalists. He hates talking to journalists. I hate journalists. And we're a miserable bunch of people. But it was his job to do it. I'm sure that that whole event had Chantal McAbee's fingerprints all over it. She twisted his arm, and it was the right thing to do. Look, at the end of the day, Carey Price said absolutely nothing on Sunday night. It was a big non-event. He was quite well-spoken. I mean, he was like... Not quite as laconic as he usually is. Um, he, he's always very well spoken and chooses his words. No, he isn't. And no, it's often quite obnoxious. And uh, oh, really? You find? Well, you. I mean, you know what? The story I always tell. Remember yeah. when they played the Winter Classic in Ottawa? It yeah. It was an embarrassment. Remember that? I can't remember the score, but it seems to me it was four nothing. They played a terrible game, just one of a million terrible halves games for the last thirty years. And it was humiliating. And it's a big deal, the Winter Classic. And they interview Carrie after the game, live on the broadcast. And because he is the most important player. And they say, so what do you think of how the game went? And he said, I had fun. And the well, I can't even remember who was doing it. They said, yeah. I mean, you were humiliated out there. He said, I had a good time. I mean, it's just he often has that kind of sort of I don't give a, a yeah. you know. I don't yeah, but we, hold on a second. I mean, we, we obviously, we know that's not true. I mean, anyone who plays any team sport wants to win and wants to win a championship. At the end of the day, Brendan, some people are better with the media. Some athletes are better with the media than others, right? Right. right? Yeah. Some people in media are actually better than others. Right. Let's not mention and, any names, Tony, because I don't Let's not mention any names. There are some that are the best Fair. at right. what they do the goat the goat i i would i would i would think so um listen um we <laughs> did find out all kidding aside carrie hates talking to journalists he was a bit better he was actually well spoken on sunday night but let's be, be, be i mean the real story is there was no story there was well no there, story. Was. there was there was hold on a second what was the news out of that press conference the fact that he told everyone He's still uncertain how his knee will react. He doesn't know if he's going to be able to play. Now, that is what I took out of that presser because I didn't take out of the presser. I signed a no movement here and I don't want to move and I want to play with them for the Montreal Canadiens again. I want to finish my career here in Montreal. Uh, he had to say that. All right. All right. There's, there's no way he was not going to say that. But the fact that he left the, the door open to kind of like, I don't know how my knee is going to react. And we should think about Ben Bishop, who was a big goalie, 
And at around Carey Price's age, 34 years of age, he's six foot seven, 215, Ben Bishop, six foot seven, 220, maybe. Carey Price, probably about 6'3, 210. Um, ben Bishop wasn't able to play anymore and he had to retire. And look, I've all, I felt ever since there was a GM change here, especially, um, and they brought in Gorton and they brought in Hughes, and it looks like they're going rebuild. No, I doesn't. feel really strongly that they're not going to keep a Carey Price who's going to be 35 in August, who makes $10.5 million a year and will be making that for many, many years to come. So uh, I believe that they will either trade him or he will either not play hockey again or he'll come back to play hockey for a while and then not play hockey again. Or it's going to be an LTIR situation. Like... All of a sudden, for me, it's looking more and more like it could be an LTIR situation, not only for Weber, but for Price. There's a possibility he doesn't play again. uh, Quite possible. Quite possible. I mean, and we don't get any answers. And and to be fair, obviously, Carrie doesn't know. One thing I would say is, you know, when are we going to start asking hard questions about the medical staff of the Montreal Canadiens? I mean, it's been years now that it's been murky, as murky as water possible, re what's going on with these injuries. By all accounts, and my colleague Pat Hickey said that, and he knows quite a bit about knee injuries, torn meniscus is usually not a huge deal. And they said it's an eight to 10 week recovery. And here we are seven months later, and there, the, the, you know what the news was, and Chantal McAbey said that a couple of weeks before the press conference, was that we're essentially starting from ground zero in terms of rehabilitation, and we don't know where it's going. So what the heck is going on here? And also, like... Now, you know, hold on a second. Don't be naive here. You know as well as I do. Um, how can I say this without actually saying it? Well, I might as well just say, say, it. It. say it. That behind all of this, there's no urgency to bring guys back, right? They realize that... They're the worst team in the National Hockey League. And although nobody likes losing, you might as well lose to give yourself the best chance at the best pick. Take a look at a bunch of players who have been out. It's not like any of them have been rushed back from the team. And it's not like any player wants to rush themselves back either, right? It's not like they're going to come back. We're going to try and make the playoffs here. It's not happening. The only problem with that is you know, it could well be the end of the Carey Price era in Montreal. You just said the same thing. And if they could trade Carey Price, that would be a great thing in my books. I think that drafting and building your team around Carey Price is potentially the worst idea that the Montreal Canadiens have had in 40 to 50 years. So to get him out of town, nothing against him personally, but the Carey Price experiment has not worked out. But if They we were gonna- three wins shy of it working out, but I will agree with you. Hold on a second. I will agree with you. It was not an idea that was sustainable. It was a dumb. Can we we put it a little more clearly? It was a dumb idea. They should have got a hot center and done something else. It did not work out. No one else builds around the goalie. It was a mistake. It was Bob Gainey's mistake, and it was perpetrated and further continued by all of the other general managers. It's been a disaster. And we've talked, I don't want to go back down that rabbit hole, but we talked about that before. They weren't three games away from winning the Stanley Cup. They were never going to win the Stanley Cup. 
And the team that was built by Bergman is a wreck of a team, as we see now. So the it was a team that was a one-year all-in. That's what it was. It was one-year all-in. It was not going to win the Stanley Cup. They, 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 I mean, anything's possible. I mean, I, I could also make the Canadiens lineup, but it's not that likely. But you, they got to trade Carey Price. It's going to be extremely difficult to do. It will be impossible to do if he doesn't play any hockey. And it's unclear if he's going to play hockey. And if he doesn't get back on the ice this year, no team will trade for him because they don't know if he's ever going to play hockey again. So he needs to get back between the pipes for the Montreal Canadiens, which is probably, I mean, who knows? Because there was very little information at that conference. And the other thing too, obviously, whatever team's going to take them, people talking about Colorado, people talking about Edmonton, they're going to have to pick up, meaning the Canadien, at least half of his salary, one would think. So he's going to be very I'm hard. I'm convinced Colorado and Edmonton will not pick up Carey Price. I don't think anyone will pick him up, honestly. You know, but- why would Edmonton pick up Carey Price when they can pick up Marc-Andre Fleury, who's got a, you know, will have a couple of months left on his contract. That's number one. Number two, I'm not so sure that Carey Price becomes an upgrade on uh, what Colorado have in goal. They got Darcy Kemper. Uh, you know, and uh, they they got a pretty good goalie tandem as well yeah, with exactly. uh, with with Frank and and so I I, just, I I don't see it happening. No, it's going to be um, tough. It's going to be tough. Know, but I would pick up he either hour. gets traded in a three way deal or he becomes an LTIR, Brendan. Right. No, good point. But I would pick up on another thing that you said. You said, and I know you're Mister Rebuild. We're obviously in a rebuild. You know what? News is news is out. We're not in a rebuild. We're not. The Canadiens are not rebuilding. How do you know that? I just read that interview with uh, Arpin Basu and Kent Hughes. He yeah. put it all like a guy in rebuild mode. He, well, he, Kent doesn't want to use the word rebuild. He's but, not going to uh, sell off all his old players. That's what a rebuild is. He's not doing that. Well, you, gonna, you, hold on a second. You can't get rid of everybody either, right? Because anyone who's made a living in hockey will tell you that it's important to insulate younger players with some older players who can be mentors to show them the way. So they're not going to get rid of every single one of the player they have. I mean, really glad we've, you know, the Habs have all these great mentors this year, like Jeff Petrie and Ben Sherratt to show people what leadership is all about. That's been fantastic. What I'm telling you is um, price will probably be gone. Jeff Petrie is going to be gone for sure. So. Jeff uh, Ben Sherratt will be gone, but it doesn't necessarily mean that this season Edmondson and Gallagher will be gone too. Maybe one will be gone next year. Maybe one will be gone the year after. That's all I'm getting at. Yeah, no, and 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 I think if you read closely the interview in the Athletic with Kent Hughes, he spoke Arpin Basu spoke to him on Sunday. It looks like he's sort of going like he's well. He actually quite clearly says we can't do what they did in Arizona and what we did in what they did in Buffalo. So they're going to do. You know what's funny about it is they're gonna they're not going to be as totally goofy as Mark Bergevin and sort of dream every year that you're going to hit the Stanley Cup, but they're going to do a sort of rebuild light. They're going to do something in the middle where they get rid of the old guys. Like the sooner they get Jeff Petrie off the team, obviously the better they're going to trade Sherrod. Uh, they're going to pick up picks. And, and he also said, we'd rather have young hockey players rather than picks, which was interesting. All right. So so- they want to be back. They don't, they're not, they don't want to tank next year. So let's go to Jeff Petrie now and a shout out to sportbuffshop.com. All of your officially licensed sports apparel and our sick merchandise. Patso, use code 615 for 15% off on all of their items. By the way, Patso is an Italian word for someone who's 
just got a screw loose like someone that like me. That's basically, <laughs> and that's why I'm wearing the shirt. Okay, Jeff Petrie. Um, look, Brendan and I, I talked about this story already, but um, I had a coffee with someone very close to the situation a couple of days before Christmas. Who, and who within a minute, that? who was I, that? I, I can't tell you that. Uh, but within a minute of sitting down, I was told that Jeff Petrie's asked for a trade. And I said, when did that happen? And it was like seven or 10 days before that. So I knew that Jeff Petrie asked for a trade in mid-December. I also knew that if I came out and said it, Petrie would say it wasn't true. The organization would say it wasn't true. So at that point, everyone would have believed them. So what I did instead was I came on and I guaranteed everyone that Jeff Petrie would not be a Montreal Canadian when next season started, meaning he'd get traded this season or he would get traded in the offseason. Now Kent Hughes has opened up and he says he talked to Petrie. He told him he understands that his family situation, his family is obviously not happy because they're separated right now. Uh, his wife and the kids are back in Michigan because they don't like what's going on in Quebec. That's had a toll on him. Having said that, let's not use this as an excuse. Before this got things got really bad in this province with restrictions and severe lockdowns and curfews and all that stuff, Jeff Petrie was not ready to start this season. He showed up to the season a man demoralized, still didn't get over the defeat last year of the Stanley Cup final, didn't get over the fact that Weber was unofficially retired and Dano moved on to Los Angeles and Edmondson was hurt and wasn't going to play and Price entered the Players Assistance Program. So what do you make of the Jeff Petrie situation who asked for a trade in mid-December and here we are a couple of days into the month of February, he's still here. You know what? I really like Kent Hughes' response to the Petrie situation. Something that Mark Bergevin would have never done. Firstly, he was transparent. Talked to La Presse on Sunday and he said, listen, I met with Petrie during that road trip and I told him, as you mentioned, that I know you're unhappy. I know there's a family situation. I know you don't like the lockdown. You're an American. You don't, you don't like this kind of thing. So if I can make a deal that works for both sides, and that's the thing, is it works for both sides, works for the Kennedy and the other team, then we will trade you. But until then, Jeff, you're a Montreal Canadian. And what I liked about that, Tony, is he said that publicly. So in other words, he's, he read between the lines. What he's saying is, listen, Jeff, what you're doing right now is effing unacceptable. You're going out there and you're making it clear, as you did most notably when Samuel Montembeau got his head taken off by Cassian, that you don't care. And you know what? That's not the attitude that we have as a Montreal Canadien. And that's not the attitude I want to show to Nick Suzuki and to Caulfield and to Romanov to tell them it's okay to not care when there's nothing on the line. Brendan Gallagher cares every night. To be fair, you know, it's interesting. Who cares every night when he's out there is Carey Price. Remember that incident? That's what I was thinking about, Tony. A couple of years ago, Palmieri from New Jersey rams into yeah. Carey Price. What did Carey do? He punched Palmieri as hard as he could with his blocker in the head. And who was standing right beside Palmieri picking his nose? Jeff Petrie. Jeff Petrie did nothing then. And that was like, he doesn't have the excuse. It was a nothing season. And remember when they asked Carrie after that game, they said, it's pretty unusual for goalies to punch a guy like that. Yeah. They said, why would you do that? He said, you know what? I'm sick and tired of getting run. I'm sick and tired of this. I needed to take it into my own hands. So this is actually not even just this, this season. There has been a lack of leadership. You know, everyone talked about, oh, there's a new sheriff in town, Shea Weber. 
He was never the new sheriff in town. I'm not expecting him to fight, but he never, no one protected Carrie for all those years. And you know, the funny thing is, Carrie Price's career might be over. We were just talking about that a couple of minutes ago. And if it's over, it might be because he's been run so many times by Palmieri, by Kreider. Wow, well, come on. I, well, hold on a second. He wasn't run by Kreider. Kreider crashed the net. He was as run he was, by you know, he, An accident? Well, I, you know, I, 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 you know, I don't think he held up in crashing the net, put it that way. But it was a player that was going to the net and crashed the net. And anyway, long story short. These guys are the best skaters in the world. They're the best hockey players in the world. They know what they're doing. Like Cassian, do you think he hit Montembeau by accident? No, he knew what he was doing. Exactly, and so did Kreider. And you think? I, listen, I don't accept Jeff Petrie at the end of the game saying, "When I take a look at it on the replay, I realize that maybe I should have went over and I should have told him that's not acceptable because I didn't quite see it happen at real time. He saw everything happen, and not only that, he saw everything happen. And, it, and he says, Petrie says, "I didn't see it." Well, you know what? That's even worse. If you didn't see it, you're standing in front of the net, and your goalie gets run right in front of you. Where were you looking? Where were you looking? And you know what? Most of this season, Jeff Petrie's out there looking like he is looking up in the stands to see if, uh, you know, if uh, his wife is there. I mean, it's outrageous. Here's what I don't understand. I understand you're looking for the right time to trade a guy and you're not going to just give him away. I get that. <clears throat> I understand that benching a player can affect his trade value. I kind of understand that too. But at the same time, Jeff Petrie's been in the league for a very long time. Everyone knows it's just one bad season. His four seasons before this with the Canadians right. were all very good and very right. consistent. I don't understand how Dominic Ducharme, after that happened with Montembeau getting steamrolled, how he just put Petrie back on the ice the next shift. I don't get that because if right. I'm a player on that bench, I'm looking and I'm saying, are you kidding me? So here we have a chance to defend one of our teammates. We're not going to do it. And and what's the punishment? There's none. We continue to get a regular shift. I was disappointed by that. Has Ducharme ever benched any of the veterans all year? I mean, I'm, I can't remember that ever happening. And you know what? So when, when they say... I think and, there was a time with Armia, and last year I think there was a time with Lekkonen. But, but having then, said all that, having said all that, uh, and I know I have a feeling you and I are going to disagree here. Um. I disagree. I'm willing, I'm willing to give Dominic Ducharme the benefit of the doubt in terms of I don't think he should lose his job this year. Now, if he does, I totally get it. They're the worst team in the entire National Hockey League. But I don't know of too many coaches that would be able to get this to make this team. Yes, they'd probably be more competitive, but how much better could they be? Dano left, Tatar left. Stahl wasn't back. Perry left. Edmondson hasn't played a game. Uh, Byron just got back. Carey Price hasn't played a game. Weber's unofficially retired. Hoffman's been out with injury and back. Evans was out with injury and back. Gallagher was out with injury and back. Anderson was out with injury and back. Toffoli was out with injury and back. Dvorak was out with injury and back. I mean, the only one who hasn't got injured, Dodroin was out with injury and back. The only one who hasn't been injured is Suzuki. And, and so, I, I, you know, and I, I bring it up because a lot of people think it's the opportune time to make a coaching change. But I would ride out the rest of the season with Ducharme. I know it's not the popular thing to say, but I'd ride out the regular season with Ducharme and reevaluate things in the offseason.
Well, the, the thing about that, you make some good points, but, um, you know, Dominic Ducharme, like we, we talk about that, the, the, the question of benching uh, Petrie. So he he's he's clearly he's lost the room, as they say in the business. And yes, he's got a terrible team. And the real culprit for this disaster of a season uh, to sound like a broken record is Mark Bergevin and how he constructed it. At the same time, you know, um, the coach has lost the room. He has. They don't care for, for whatever reason. And I don't like it. But the veterans have clearly sent the message. We don't like this guy. We don't like his message. We're we don't care what he says. Either so that, that or we just don't like losing and we've checked out, period. Well, I mean, that's unacceptable. And you need to be able to say, you know what? I'm the coach, Jeff. You behave like that. Vaton, you know, get out of here. You got to be able to say that. And the other but the other thing about Deshaun, in the meantime, in the meantime, you take him out of the lineup, you send them to your fitness room. Correct. You make them jump on the Matrix treadmill, matrixhomefitness.ca, the way I do. I don't know. I've gone from five kids to three, and you haven't said anything, with my beautiful Matrix T75 treadmill with my XUR console, 22-inch, and I can use all my social media apps. Bring it home. Discover a club-quality workout in the comfort of your own home. Visit matrixhomefitness.ca. Jeff, go on the treadmill for a little bit, and uh, you can get off when you're traded. How about I would that? just end the, the Ducharme thing by saying that – you could you could you could uh, fire him or not fire him. It doesn't really matter. My good friend Richard Labay from uh, La Presse had a great line this week. He said, "It's a bit like asking Picasso to do his great work with Crayolas." You know, I mean, this is a crap team. There's no other yeah. way of, of of mincing our words. But I would say, for all those people who defend Dominic Ducharme, I would just say there is no evidence, as in zero, as in nothing, there is no evidence that he's a good NHL coach. We don't really know if he's necessarily a terrible one, but there's no evidence he's a good one. Well, this is what we know. This is what we know. They got to the Stanley Cup final one year, and they're going to finish last in the league the next year. That's, right. that's it. Yeah, right? Jeremy's in. Okay. So if you were decided to fire him and have Luke Richardson become the interim coach for the rest of the season. They're not going to do that. No, okay. it's the same people that boycotted when Randy Cunningworth was the coach are going to go back to the Bell Center and they're going to boycott again. You wow. already gave them an Anglophone executive VP of hockey ops from Massachusetts and an Anglo West Islander uh, who moved to Boston over 30 years ago. Brendan, you want to give these people a heart attack or what? No, no, you're right. You're right. Forget it. I take that back. I mean, I think Francois Legault would, uh, I don't know what he would do. And, and 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 these people being our friends in the francophone media and those who were who were boycotting now for the most part i gotta tell you i think the media has been really really good because i expected i expected that um you know after the canadians hired jeff gordon that they would not have embraced the hiring of kent hughes I would say that it's been. I would say that it's been really good. I'm really very pleased. Surprising. There's probably going to be a very short leash, but uh, I've been I've been pleased with the way he's been uh, he's been welcomed. No, you're right, and and you mentioned it on air, and he wrote it in Le Journal. The most you know sovereignist of columnists, Rajon Tremblay, didn't have a problem with the language issue, and in general, it was a reasonable approach, which I think is a credit to the media here that they didn't sort of go for the easy thing. I mean, of course there were people on, you know, knuckle dragging people in their boxer shorts in the basement uh, on social media, 
angry because it was a guy named Kent Hughes. But in general, the mainstream media reaction on the Francophone side yeah. was very positive. And That's it's just my buddy, by the way, that you talked about. Eh? Réjean, Réjean, c'est mon chum. Mais oui, mais Réjean, I like Réjean too. I mean, Good uh, friend of mine. We actually talk, I would say, at least once a week. Yeah, I, you know, I loved uh, Lance Camp. Scoop. That oh, was Lance Camp was, was Pierre Lambert, Marguignon. Oui, oui, oui. Uh, Le, Le National de Québec, yes. Oui. Jimmy! Yeah, Show yeah. him what you can do. Show him what it means to be a winner. I love that. I, I love uh, Lance Camp. I'm, I'm going through all the reruns in my head now. In ending, the Canadians have promised over the past couple of years to be more transparent. I love what I'm seeing from Gordon and Hughes in that respect thus far. And ever since Chantal has taken over with the injury reports as well. Can we agree on this? The transparency is better now than it has been in a very, very, very long time. I think it's better. I don't think we're, we're where we need to be yet, but it is getting a lot better. There's no question. Paul Wilson was the master of not being transparent. Uh, even Donald Beauchon, who I like personally, uh, the whole organization, I guess, not even necessarily the PR people. It was always about clamping down on all information about injuries or whatever else. And I really get the sense from Chantal McAvey and what I've seen in the interviews with her. She really wants to push for something else. Uh, you know, I, 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 I hope that the, 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 the most senior elements in the Canadiens organization, ultimately Jeff Molson, will yeah. agree with this, that they should be more open. But if they're going to start, like Carey Price, that's a good start. So number two, bring us Shea Weber. He's the captain of the Canadiens. It's like, that's incredible. He's the captain of the Canadiens. Mark Bergevin said he might never play hockey again, and he's not said one word. I mean, there, he's the captain. There's no other captain. He's the captain, and he's. I'd not be willing. I'd be willing to bet that Shea will speak, but I've been wrong before. Marinero, tell all your friends about this podcast. We're making a lot of noise. Uh, more and more followers every day. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at the Sick Podcast, and subscribe to our YouTube channel at the Sick Podcast. It's absolutely for free. And by the way, you can be notified on all social media platforms when we actually go live or when we upload a most recent episode, you'll be notified right away so you can watch it right away. It is presented by 8.6, Intense by Nature, the beer for those who follow their instinct and live their passions in order to make their mark. Hey, uh, by week for the Canadians, what do you think is the number one thing that is on Kent Hughes's is Notepad right now. Number one. Jeff Petrie. And moving the players in general. He's a, you know, trade deadline's coming. He's got to move a lot of players. I don't think it's Carey Price, but yeah. it could be also Ben Sherrod. He's got he's got some some big decisions to make as to who stays and who goes. And that's right now. Like, I mean, the, these trades could happen anytime. Wouldn't it be something if they move Petrie to another team in Canada? I'd love it. I'd love it. On that note, ah, leave him alone, poor guy. He wants to go to the States, let him go. It's the Sick Podcast. He's Brendan Kelly. I'm Marinaro. Till next time. Ciao for now. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinaro on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast 
is brought to you by 8.6, Intense by Nature.